You're listening to the One Girl Show podcast. Hey guys, what is up? It is Zen and we are back for another episode of the podcast. And this one I think is going to be my longest one yet. So make yourself comfy. I'm literally just lying in my bed because I'm like, I want to be comfy if I'm going to be talking about this for like the next hour. So this is a long awaited in-depth deep dive into lip edema, body image, all that good stuff. So I didn't really make a plan for this podcast because I kind of want it to just flow off the tongue. I want to be as honest and open as possible and feel like if I write a plan out for this, it'll sound very structured, very scripted. And I kind of don't want it to be like that. I kind of want it to be like an open discussion, even though I'm literally just talking to you. Um, I just want it to be a bit more genuine rather than having a list and what I want to what topics I kind of want to talk about, but I will talk about my story first and then we will get into the Q&A part of this podcast and I'm really, really excited to start talking about this. So I'm just going to kick it off and we're going to start with how my lip edema developed because I feel like that's the best way to start. So I was doing dance when I was like, oh, I think from three years old and up until the age of 18, I would like to say 18 because I left school and that's when I stopped doing it. Um, so I was so freaking skinny. I see all these photos of me when I was little and I was like, how did I even look like that? I was just skin and bones, literally so tiny. And it wasn't until the age of like 12 when my thighs started getting really big, so huge. Okay. Like, like massive. Um, at least in my head, I thought they were massive because everyone around me was stick thin. You know, they were the beauty standard and I was the weird one because I had these massive thighs, like tree trunk thighs, um, and I would always get bullied for it. Um, I started noticing some shooting pains. I would bruise really, really easily in my thighs and also my joints always hurt and I would have swelling feet, throbbing feet after, um, you know, walking on them all day. And when we would do PE, I remember this distinctly, I would always try and find ways to get out of it because if I would run on the legs that I currently have, it was so painful and my calves would swell. I'd have to ice my calves after doing PE, like when I got home, because it was so painful for me. And I thought like at the time that I was just fat and lazy and I kept trying to do all these workouts. I don't know if you guys remember Blogilates. I used to do her workouts all the time, like secretly in my room to like try and lose weight. But no matter how hard I dieted, how hard I exercised, I wasn't able to lose any weight from that fat in my thighs. And I thought I was losing my marbles. I had no one that looked like me in the media. So I just thought I was being fat and lazy and I needed to, you know, get off my ass, get into shape and everything will be all right. I just need to lose that extra weight in my thighs. Um, so I kept trying, I would yo-yo diet and the thing with lipedema is, is that you need to be eating at your maintenance calories or um, going back from a deficit to maintenance, kind of like that zigzag so you have a good balance um, and the issue was is that because I would crash diet, then binge, then crash diet, then binge, I sent myself into a calorie surplus and what that does basically is you gain weight, obviously, but you get um, to the point where you kind of just give up and then you let the binge win. And so you'll just continue binging and binging and binging. And that's what happened to me. And I got all the way up to 114 kilos. Now, this was absolutely the worst point of my life, I would say, because I not only was like a horrible person because I was just always in a bad mood. I always felt like shit. 
um, I had bad eating habits, bad relationship with food and my body. Um, it was just a horrible time. Uh, my health was declining very fast. I couldn't walk around properly because um, my thighs were like so swollen as well. I couldn't walk my feet together, you know, um, and I just did, I struggled to walk in general because I had so much weight that my tiny calves were carrying because my calves stayed skinny during that entire time. I don't know how, they're like matcha calves. They stayed skinny through the whole time of my weight gain. Um, so I decided to try and do something about it. I lost a lot of weight. I got to the point where I was at like 80 kilos and this is something I haven't really discussed. Um, but I think I'm open to talking about it now. Um, I went on Duramine for a short period of time and I lost a bit of weight. Um, I think I did it for three months. Um, but it was like crack to me. Like it set my heart, my heart was just going off. Um, and I was constantly moving, constantly running around doing stuff. I don't know what was in that tablet, but it just was crazy. And I think it's such a bad thing to use to lose weight because I never really learned how to have a good relationship with food. So I think in the three months of having it, I lost like eight kilos um, or maybe 10. I can't remember. It was something ridiculously um, in t- like crazy. Um, so I lost a lot of weight. And I got to the point um, where when I went off it, I was pretty good with my diet. I got to 65 kilos. Now, keep in mind, I have 20 kilos of lipedema fat on my body. And that was from my weight gain. So when I lost the weight, I still had that 20 kilos of lipedema fat on me. So once you remove that from the 65 kilos, that is 45 kilos of body weight I would have had on and I still at that point had no idea I had lipedema and I was literally emotional every day because I still couldn't lose any more weight and I was wondering like maybe I need to lower my calories even more but at that point I was still eating like 1200 calories which is so bad for anyone no one should be eating that little and then I kept trying to think like maybe if I eat 1200 calories and add an extra workout That would have been four workouts a day that I would have been doing. And at this time, I was active on TikTok sharing about my weight loss journey, um, which now I don't do as much because it sent me in such a bad headspace. And I feel like so many people were so obsessed with my body and like how it was progressing and how smaller I looked or, you know, if I gain weight, someone would tell me, even though like I literally gained two kilos, but someone would be that someone would tell me and it would really hurt. So I'd go back into that extreme diet and then binge. And, you know, it sent my relationship with food into like a a huge spiral, basically going back into my old eating habits. Um, Well, I think I gained about 10 kilos, um, but I would like to say that was healthy weight. I was doing it very slowly. Um, It was only because I went back to my maintenance calories after so long being at a deficit that the weight just started gaining back very slowly. Um, But during that time, I had a lot of people comment on my body. Now, but these comments were about lipedema. And they were saying, oh, I think you might have this condition. I was getting a few DMs about it as well of people telling me, oh, I think you might have lipedema. You have the signs and I don't know, these are the symptoms here. See if you have it, maybe go get diagnosed. And I was like, oh, I don't have this. I was like, I don't have this chronic condition. And I was kind of just in denial because I was like, there's no way someone, some stranger on the internet is telling me that I have this chronic condition. 
I think it actually took a few months for me to actually go and get diagnosed because I was so scared and I kind of had a gut feeling that I had it. So I went to Walk with Freedom on the Gold Coast for my diagnosis. They actually run some really good tests like they test your veins um, or to see if there's a hole in your heart and they also do an ultrasound to kind of um, show you what lipedema fat looks like on like the little screen that they have um, and you can kind of see the difference with like the cellulite and all of that. They do explain it a lot but overall I did kind of feel a bit rushed with the doctor himself um, compared to like the nurses because the nurses are very caring and calm and make sure you're okay whereas the doctor like I'm sure they see so many lipedema patients a day which I get it um, but I did kind of feel a bit rushed. So I decided a few months after that, that I would like to get the surgery. Now I was working at McDonald's um, eight months ago. Yeah, I would say about eight months ago and I was earning, I'm happy to announce it now, like uh, I was earning about $15,000 a year, which is nothing. So little money. Um, and I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to afford the surgery. I was so lost in life. Social media was like paying a bit, but not a lot, um, up until like it blew up out of nowhere. Um, but I was so happy when I kind of looked at my income once I left McDonald's and started taking social media seriously that I actually might be able to afford this. So I booked in an appointment with a plastic surgeon that operates on lipedema patients and is quite educated in the field. I had my consult. The consult itself, I think, was like $240 from what I remember. Went in, we got the quote for surgery, and I was like, you know what? Let's just do it. And then I thought, the worst thing that could happen is I could just get a loan for this and I'll be okay because I can prove that I make quite a bit of money. Like, I'm not like a millionaire or anything. But I make like the Australian average, I guess I could show them that this is how much money I make. Um, unfortunately, I did get declined for the loan, but um, I started selling some items on Depop. Um, I have enough money for the surgery itself. It's just the prep and recovery period that is expensive because you kind of like can't work for the six or so weeks after surgery. So I kind of needed to make sure I had safe money for after. So, so just from selling some pre-loved clothes on Depop, I managed to raise about $1,400, which is crazy just from selling, you know, pre-loved clothes. Some of them were literally brand new. Um, and I also started a GoFundMe, which I'm very grateful. Like a lot of my followers wanted me to start one because they wanted to donate. So, um, obviously I'm not forcing anyone to donate, donate or saying like, this is life or death. Um, but it's just, if you would like to donate, um, go ahead. I've made one and we managed to raise $2,228 towards it, which I'm so freaking grateful for. You guys don't understand like that covers my, um, lymphatic massages, all of them completely, um, which is a vital for your pre and post surgery, um, preparations. So very, very grateful for that. Um, and then I managed to, I was a bit stressed, but I managed to get a sponsor, um, up until my surgery that has completely changed, changed my life. Um, I'm not going to say who it was, but I love them so much. So 
to just have that relationship with a brand already is just so great and the fact that they're you know sponsoring me and that's managed to help my surgery funds is just crazy because yeah as I said I got um I got declined for a loan because of my job um I didn't really think it through my fault um I haven't been with my job long enough, you know, doing social media, so I can't really prove that I have a stable income, um, and with taxes and everything, I kind of have to wait for the end of financial year, do I have my tax statement and prove that I pay my taxes and all of that stuff, so I do get it, um, and that's something I was I, stupid for me, because I didn't think of, because I've been working seven years at McDonald's before this, so I was like, I think I'll be fine. Um, but yeah, if I did work at McDonald's, I think I would have been declined for the loan anyways because of how little money I was making. Okay, now I'm going to get into the conservative management side and what I'm doing to manage my lipedema and also get it nice and soft before surgery so we can extract it. <laughs> that sounds so gross. Anyways, so I have been wearing my compression garments every day. I wear these like I have both the shorts and capri leggings from Bioflect and I'm just waiting for my custom compressions to arrive, which could be any day now. Um, I've also been eating an anti-inflammatory diet and what is that you may ask? I'm glad you asked because I've been struggling as well. Um, it's basically not having like fried foods, soft drink, refined carbs, uh, processed meats or like anything that's really, really fatty. Um... And I've been having lots of vegetables, fruit, nuts, leafy greens, um, olive oil, and like um, fatty fish are great, but I personally don't like fish, so haven't been having that. Um, I basically just cut out carbs, I'm trying not to have as much, uh, you know, like chocolate and sugars. I don't want to get into it like too intensely, like cutting out so much food at once because it'll really trigger my binge eating disorder. But I've been slowly getting into it and I've looked at my carbs and I've almost like ha have like a third of what I was having before um, for my carb intake. And I've noticed the swelling in my thighs going down and I'm so happy because who knows, like after the surgery, after, you know, keeping up this anti-inflammatory diet plus my um, lymphatic drainage massages, what my thighs are going to look like. They might look even smaller than I thought because I'm doing all this management as well. Other conservative treatments that are also important are, you know, just staying hydrated, staying active. I've heard some people say a vibration plate is good, um, but yeah, also lymphatic drainage massages, as I was saying before, they are great. They help, you know, the flow of the lymph through your body. And you could also do some lymphatic exercises as well to also help with that. Um, but lymphatic drainage massages are a manual version of that and someone else does it for you. You just get to lie down and relax. Also, one thing, <laughs> before um, I get into the Q&A part, one thing I didn't know is when you go to lymphatic drainage massages, you like are completely naked. I had no freaking clue. I went into my appointment and the chick's like, so do you know how this works? And I was like, no. And she was like, okay, well, I'll leave the room. Like, you just get undressed and you go under the blanket. And I was like, um, what? <laughs> so, yeah, no clue that that happened. And she was like, okay, like, we're just going to uncover the chest now. And I was like, my chest is open. Like, my tits are out. <laughs> it was so, like, not embarrassing, I guess. It was kind of like, I was not expecting that. So, um, what of advice 
if you want to go get a lymphatic drainage massage, make sure you've had a shower before because um, you don't want to go there back from the gym all sweaty and then go under this lady's like nice fancy massage bed um, all sweaty and stuff and then have her touch, touch you, not touch you inappropriately. I mean like massage you. Oh my God. Okay. I need to stop talking. <laughs> okay. Before I embarrass myself even more, how about Let's get straight into the Q&A, all right? Because we've got a few questions to go through. So I'm going to start all the way down at the bottom. One of the first questions is, I want to know how to get diagnosed. So diagnosis is not easy. Firstly, you can go to your doctor. You can try to get a referral, but a lot of doctors don't actually know what lipedema is. And sometimes they won't give you the referral. But what I did is because I had a clinic near me, I just called up and I booked an appointment and I was like, look, I'll pay the Medicare, whatever it is. I don't care. Like my doctor's not going to understand what it is um, because he always tells me like I'm overweight and just need to lose weight. So I just did it myself, booked it in and here we are. Um, And he's actually referred to other people since I went to him and showed him that I actually have lipedema, sent him like all the info and now he's educated about it. So it's also important to still go back to your GP and let them know like this is what I got diagnosed with. Here's some information so you know what to do if you have another person like that. Um, But there's also places that do like Skype consults with my current surgeon. I am doing like online calls just before surgery because I'm flying down there. Um, and I know a lot of people do that diagnosis over the phone because you can visibly see when someone has lipedema. It's very distinct traits and you can also tell by the symptoms that they have. Obviously there are tests that you can run to like rule out other things. Um, but mainly they can just tell from how your body looks and your symptoms that you will write down when, uh, I think they do it before the appointment. So you can like write down all your symptoms so they know exactly what they're looking for. Uh, next question is, what is the worst thing about it? So for me personally, it is extremely heavy. Um, I don't know, like you can tell that I have a smaller upper body to lower body and my calves are quite small. So having carrying around these massive thighs on top of these tiny calves is just so like heavy. I, I can't explain the pain, but if I walk around um, on my legs all day, my feet will swell because they're just carrying so much weight on them. I think I have 10 kilos of this fat or like eight kilos of this fat per leg. So that is like weight that I can't control and it sucks um, just because it's just so heavy. Um, next one. How to be physically more comfortable with a bigger tummy. I struggle with that. So I'll be honest, there's been times where I'm like not so comfortable with my stomach as well. Um, That's because I have like clumps of lipedema fat, like really huge, like huge clumps. If I wear a bikini, you can see like, like three golf ball sizes um, clumps on my stomach. So I'll admit like I'm not that comfortable with my stomach as well. Um, If I wear like bodycon dresses, I'll always wear like a pair of shorts just to smooth it out because the clumps like hurt when they're open you know free and open like I always have to compress them to kind of like um suppress the pain uh so I wish I was um extremely comfortable with my stomach but I'm not and um a lot of people will kind of say the same uh we all have our insecurities my my stomach isn't my biggest insecurity but it is one of them um and I just try 
and be kind of body neutral. Um, I don't want to be like extremely body positive. Like I love my body. I love everything about my body because there are days where I don't love everything about my body and that's okay. It's normal. But yeah, just know other people also have insecurities. I do too. My stomach happens to be one of them and that's okay. Um, it's normal to have days where you don't love your stomach and days that you do. Maybe just try and find things that like flatter it the most because I find if I try and force myself to wear something that doesn't like I don't feel comfortable wearing that I feel like my stomach's showing um I feel more worse about how I feel about my stomach so I try and um, keep myself away from situations like that I should just wear what feels the most comfortable to me and what makes me feel the most confident next question can lipedema be hard to diagnose absolutely as I was saying like it's hard to get that initial diagnosis or that referral from your GP but it is easy to diagnose once you're with someone who is educated in that field so none of the doctors that I've ever been to know what it is they've just told me I'm overweight I'm fat I need to lose weight um and when I as soon as I walked into this um clinic they basically looked my leg straight away and they're like yeah we can tell you have it um, but one thing I think is hard is to tell what stage you are. So when I went to this doctor, I was told I was stage two, early stage three. And then I was told I was stage three, but then I was also told I was stage two. So I'm going to take it as stage two, early stage three, because I'm not 100% certain. It's kind of all over the shop. But yeah, basically, um, you never know um, what you're going to get diagnosed with. Um, but it's definitely lipedema. Okay, the next question is... Thoughts on why Medicare don't recognize it as an actual medical uh, medical condition? I think that's what she meant to say. Um, so there are a lot of things that I could contribute to this conversation, but I think mainly why they don't see it as a actual condition is because I think in general, female conditions don't get taken as seriously um, because we also have, I think, PCOS and that's already hard to, you know, get a diagnosis and all of that stuff. So it's not just lipedema patients that struggle with it. Um, there's a lot of other female conditions that are hard to get covered by Medicare. And I was talking about this um, with someone the other day and we were just thinking as well, like, the people who do diagnose us and, you know, like do all the next steps for lipedema work in private hospitals. So even if we were to get this recognized by Medicare and have this covered, it's going to take years and years and years and years and years until we actually have like that surgery covered because so far the only people who work in the field are in private hospitals. So we pay that fee, we pay the cost. And even if like the surgery was covered by Medicare, you'd still have to pay that um, plastic surgeon because they perform in a private hospital, not in like a public hospital. And it's going to take years to educate others about lipedema and doctors about lipedema to be able to perform the surgery. So we're still going to pay that high price. If anything, I think it'll become more common and we'd have to pay even more because there'll be more people getting diagnosed. And then you would have to pay like like a lot more than we are now because everyone will want to get the treatment for it and just want to get it done with you know what I mean like I think that we will end up paying a lot more in the future for this surgery um, than we are now but that's just my thoughts on it and I'm going to move on into the next question which is how does lipedema affect your day-to-day -day life so for me um, I can't be on my 
my legs. I can't be walking around too much every day because I get that swelling in my feet. I get shooting pains in my legs and um, also like the whole swelling part is kind of hard to handle because some days your thighs are bigger than other days because of the swelling and it really affects like how I look at my body because some days I'm like I look so much bigger than I did the day before but it's just my lipedema swelling so I kind of need to like track what I eat in, in the past few days to maybe contribute to that or what I didn't do maybe I didn't go for a walk maybe I didn't do any lymphatic exercises to help the flow and that's why it's happening so you kind of need to track what you're doing and what works best for your body which can be quite um intense when you first start because you're like that that's a lot of information to take in and I don't want to be tracking absolutely everything I do every day because it's a lot it's a lot of mental stress on you but that's just a little bit on how it affects my day-to-day life the next question is what type of pain do you feel caused by your lipedema and what does it feel like so for me um I'm really sensitive to the touch so if my dogs jump on me it hurts so badly I'm like get off me get off now and I know it's gonna bruise the next day I also have shooting pain uh joint pain I have swelling feet um, and my arms are really sensitive to the touch as well. Not as bad as my thighs, but my arms are pretty bad as well. And also get a little bit of pain when I'm walking around too. Um, if I'm walking on my feet for too long. Um, okay. I think I've covered all of that. Um, next question. How did you get your diagnosis and how much is the surgery? Um, I, I covered that at the start. Basically I got diagnosed from walk with freedom I didn't go to my GP because I knew I wasn't going to get that referral I just did it straight away I was like you know what I'm just going to do it myself but my surgery is like almost $25,000 there are a few extra costs um so I I could be looking at like maybe $26,000 $27,000 I will find out on the day and then I'll let you guys know how much it actually is um but it is a lot of money By the way, I'm Australian, so this is in Australian dollars. So 25,000 Australian dollars and my pre-surgery and post-surgery treatments are like two and a half grand and then my medical compression garments are like a thousand dollars. So it's getting pretty close to the 30k mark. Um, Yeah, I'll let you guys know if I hit that, but geez, it is a lot of money to spend on just one surgery, especially when I need multiple of them. The next question is, how did you get all your confidence? I admire you. Oh, that's really sweet. Okay. Well, if you guys didn't know, like I started my TikTok maybe like in 2020 and I had some real bad confidence issues and you could kind of tell in the videos um, and maybe if you guys have been following me since then, you'd notice like how different I kind of hold myself and you know what has kind of like helped my confidence is you know doing photo shoots like I do a bit of modeling on the side and that has really helped boost my confidence and like the photographers are very well at making you like give you a little bit of an ego boost um and that has really been helping with my confidence lately um doing modeling and also um exploring like different kinds of fashion seeing what suits my body and what makes me feel really good in my body like I'll only wear things that make me feel and look good um because every time you try and wear something and you're not feeling very good wearing it you're not gonna overall hold yourself very well because you're just so self-conscious about the clothes and how it's making your body look but if you wear something that you know looks good on you you will hold yourself a lot differently so So that's just a little bit on how 
I've gained a bit of my confidence. But I'm going to move on to the next question. Uh, and that's what's the surgery aiming to do? If it means anything, I think you look beautiful the way you are. Oh, that's really nice. Um, but what are the surgery aims to do is manage my lipedema a lot better um, and basically improve the quality of life that I have because right now I am struggling to walk a little. Um, I can't walk for long periods of time because I get a lot of pain, a lot of swelling. So I'm hoping once we get this removed, we're not removing the lipedema fat completely. I'll still have thick thighs. Don't worry. Um, I do aim one day to get it all removed, but so far I can't afford to do that because it'll cost me like over a hundred grand. Um, but for now, I'm hoping that it'll improve how I walk. I can't walk with my feet together. Can't do that. My thighs are too thick. Um, but I'm hoping it'll stop it from progressing to something called lymphedema, which is a lot harder to manage and to have removed and also a lot more painful. So we're kind of hoping to set it back a bit so I won't need to get another surgery for another few years. Um, and I kind of get to keep like the shape that I really like because I like my curves. Um, but yeah, one day I do plan to have it all removed to reduce that pain and reduce all the swelling and everything it brings me. Next question, how long did the diagnosis take? Did you need another opinion or was it straightforward? Yeah, so I literally went into that appointment. He was like, take your pants off. I was like, oh, okay. Looked at it and he's like, yep, lipedema, stage two, early stage three. It was that easy. He just looked at it and then we did like an ultrasound. He showed me what the fat kind of looks like and you can kind of see it's kind of gross. But that is how the diagnosis went. It was quite easy. Next question. What are some signs to look out for? Something you wish you'd had known to check earlier. Uh, so one of the signs, obviously, I noticed the most was not being able to lose weight in my thighs. Also having a smaller waist to hip ratio. Uh, some swelling, the, the kind of shooting pains, the bruising, the sensitive to the touch. Those are my symptoms that I wish I would have known before that it wasn't normal to feel these kind of things because I was just thinking everyone felt that. It wasn't just me, um, but it's actually symptoms of lipedema. Next question, how has the diagnosis and treatment plan affected your mental health? I will be honest, I cried in my car when I got diagnosed because it was just too much for me mentally to handle like all that information in one go because they kind of shared everything every treatment you should be doing you should be wearing your compression garments every day you need to order some you need to be eating anti-inflammatory you need to be exercising you need to be staying hydrated you should be doing MLD massages and it was just so much for me to comprehend and the management treatments are so expensive as well so this was like oh my gosh for the rest of my life I'm gonna have to spend this much money just to maintain my condition which was so bad for my mental health to handle and I was working at McDonald's I wasn't making a lot of money I was like there's no way I can even afford to you know get the compression garments um but now I have them it was expensive but I'm feeling a lot more better about it now because of my position financially and I couldn't imagine how people would be going who you know got diagnosed making kind of similar to what I was doing before um, it is really, really hard on your mental health and also knowing that no matter what you do, your body's not going to change. You won't lose that fat in your thighs. Uh, it does take a big toll on your mental health. All right, this is the last question and then we're going to wrap it up. Uh, does it come back 
over time once it's removed or is it gone completely once removed? So there are different countries that have different research on this. If you ask, you know, Germany, they'll tell you, oh, it'll be gone forever. But if you tell like, I think America, they they have the studies saying that it will grow back over time. Everyone has a different opinion on it. And I'm sticking more to the opinion that you can have it removed, but it has the chance of growing back because you can miss those little bits of lymphatic fat. Um, sometimes you won't get it all. So what it does is it'll grow back, but it'll grow back a lot slower. So let's say I get it all removed. You won't need to get another removal for maybe another 10 years until it gets to that point where you're like stage one again and you need to get it removed. So yeah, there is a risk of it growing back, but it's going to slow the growth a lot more. And now that I know that I have it, um, I know exactly what I need to do in order to maintain it, which now, so once I get the surgery, I'll know so much better on how to maintain it. And if I was to, you know, wait around for it to progress, um, it could progress to something called lymphedema, which I don't personally want. Um, and it'll just be a lot more challenging rather than me just getting the surgery now, getting to stage one and then managing it there and then maybe getting another surgery in the next few years. Actually, another thing I want to touch on before I go is the surgical procedures and what else I plan on getting. Because um, it's not just thighs. I have it in my stomach and in my arms. And the next place I plan on getting it removed, I think I'm doing one round on my thighs and then I'm going to get my stomach done. Um, as I was saying before, I do have three clumps in my stomach and it's something that I have noticed getting progressively worse over time. And um, they do offer something called like a mini tummy tuck for those with lipedema because once you remove it, you're going to have a bit of loose skin. And I'm like, well, if we're already there, we might as well just do the, the tummy tuck, do the whole shebang while we're there, while I'm under the general anesthetic. So that is my next procedure I plan on getting done. I don't really care too much about my arms. Obviously, if I don't get my arms done, it could risk it progressing back to my thighs again. So that will be on my plan of things to do get done as well but not anytime soon it's not something I'm really self-conscious about don't really care about my arms and will care about my stomach and my thighs and that whole lower part of my body so that is my plan so far um, and I know a lot of other lipedema patients do the exact same thing but sometimes they do it the other way around they do like the arms then the stomach and then the thighs but the thighs are the ones that are causing me the most issues so I want that gone first Anyways, that is all from me. I think I've talked enough in this episode. I actually thought it was going to be like close to an hour long, but I think we we got through those questions pretty quickly um, and a lot of the things I answered at the start, so I didn't really need to answer it in the Q&A. Thank you so much for listening in and I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye guys.